0: travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and
1: i am your other host ryan buell
0: ryan welcome back to the podcast cave
1: yes it's glorious
0: yep uh it is time to talk about our marvel movie yay is this the (laughs) first time you have been on for a marvel movie
1: no wait you did batman v superman batman v superman it might be
0: no i feel like i did uh
1: captain america didn't i do no that was mike moray
0: oh uh nope didn't exist for winter soldier okay you weren't on for
1: ant man i feel like we talked about it i remember talking about a comic book with that but i can't remember what
0: which one it was for guardians no didn't exist for guardians Corey and i talked about that i think this might be your first marvel movie on here very well might be I am very excited. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ryan is the biggest comic book geek I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about Doctor Strange, obviously. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, have you been watching anything?
1: I have. You, your, uh, your movie watching abilities have inspired me to step up my game a bit. Okay. Um, sadly, haven't quite made Fast and Furious. That's okay. still in the docket. But uh, this week, I yeah this week I've watched uh, I watched X Men: Days of Future Past. Okay, what'd you think? I loved it. it Oh, really? That was really really good. Uh, I liked how they kind of rebooted the franchise with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also watched uh, X Men: Apocalypse. Oh, what'd you think of that? I actually liked them both a lot. Um, I thought they had good stories. Uh, Apocalypse was a little bit on the slow side getting to the action and kind of getting to the point. But overall, I liked him a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do next with the franchise. I'm really excited for Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh-, Hugh Jackman, yeah, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman's last appearance is Wolverine. I'm really excited for that. I think that'll be amazing. Um, what else have I watched this week? I feel like I watched something else, but I can't put my finger on it. But the the, the two X Men movies, those are the those are the big ones for me this week, and they're both. I think they're really good. I don't remember the i don't think they did very well critically
0: uh days of future did, and future apocalypse did not
1: yeah um but yeah they were both fun movies and i really liked apocalypse i love quicksilver in both of those movies yeah the, the scenes they gave yes. him he
0: had the best scenes in both yeah of those. and then
1: um the actors that play charles xavier and eric lingsher lecture magneto uh i like both those guys i think yeah. they they kind of carry the movies in a way and kind of give it some gravitas yeah um, i agree the other kid actors are they're decent so yeah, yeah
0: they're good enough um i liked uh i liked game of thrones lady
1: oh the one that played Jean gray yeah oh. i liked her a lot yeah she was i think she was the best actress for the young kind of up-and-coming x-men that they threw together yeah i i liked the kid that got to play nightcrawler but it, he didn't have enough screen time for me to oh really... he was
0: really good yeah, yeah.
1: They, I feel like he. I wanted more time with him, but he was more just like, hey, I'm here, a bunch of other crap going on.
0: Yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it felt very much like a 1990s X-Men thing.
1: Like the cartoon that yeah, came out? Yeah, a little
0: yeah. bit. A little bit. Um, I really hated Days of Future Past. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I, hate, I hated that movie so much. What specifically about that did you not like? I thought it was really boring, and yeah. I thought the plot was real stupid Mm. and uh, I thought the actors were not as good. I thought Michael Fassbender was really bad at it. Yeah. I thought James McAvoy was really bad at it. I just hated that movie. I really didn't like it. Um, That makes me sad. I really liked Fassbender in Apocalypse though.
1: That was, yeah, they gave him a pretty big emotional beat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That scene in the woods is great. Yeah
0: it's so well done i really like that Uh um i do wish you know with apocalypse i wish we had gotten more of the four horsemen because they just kind of stood around yeah they didn't do anything yeah Uh, like psylocke was a complete waste of space in that movie
1: yeah yeah then yeah angel yeah Psylocke, angel and storm Mm -hmm. i felt like and it it didn't bother me but it felt like this movie was more like a teaser for things to come like Uh hey we're introducing storm here's psylocke i felt like feels like brian singers with the advent of marvel movies i feel like he's now just like oh good storytelling plus costumes that's what the people want Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the direction he's going now especially at the end of apocalypse where they're all kind of their classic
0: yeah x-men
1: costumes with not just the dull black leather like sweet looking colors and representing accurately what they look like in the comics. Yeah. I feel like that's where they're going with the franchise. And that's what it... I think that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I really liked the scene when Angel got his metal wings. That was pretty dope. With the Metallica song in the background. Yeah. I was like, this is sweet! This is so cool!
1: <laughs> that was really cool to see. Although... They didn't really explain his backstory. No, like they just—he was just like a mutant, which I suppose they probably it's just best for them to do their own thing with everything. Yeah, not worry about what came before.
0: Yeah, I also didn't like Logan's cameo in Apocalypse. Oh yeah, you didn't like that? No, I thought it was really awkward. Like the sea, like the weird moment he had with Jean Grey at the end, and then he just like ran away into the. Like a bunny he just like ran away like a bunny yeah i was like what what is this <laughs> i
1: suppose i i i love it because uh, the costume he was in was a recreation from the chris claremont frank miller wolverine mm-hmm. one. yeah so it's definitely fan it as the comic book fanboy service yeah the
0: weapon x thing. yeah yeah
1: the weird helmet he had on and and all that so and it fit with the timeline although It didn't make a whole lot of sense, because at the end of Days of Future Past, Mystique was the The, one that mm -hmm. captured him. But then he's still in Weapon X, so is Mystique just a total schmuck? Yeah. Like, is she just
0: really bad at her job? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all, and they did nothing to explain it, and it was really, really frustrating. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that part made me go... uh, The whole point of Days of Future Past was to clean up the timeline. Yes. To clean up the mess that three and whatever origins origins, yeah but yeah there's still little things like that kind of i'm excited for the franchise but little things like that when we go it doesn't feel like continuity is the biggest thing sometimes yes which is annoying yeah because an apocalypse that's never dealt with like oh okay just here we are yeah yep i agree I agree. How about you? Any you've seen anything sweet this week?
0: Yeah, I uh, actually forgot to talk about this last week. I watched um, Hamilton's America on PBS, which is the Hamilton documentary, um, both of the man and the musical musical um, Hamilton. If you have never listened to the show before, because uh, <laughs> I talk about it about as much as I talk about Jaws and Spielberg is a hip-hop musical by lin-manuel miranda who uh is doing the music for the upcoming milana movie as well as the upcoming little mermaid live action movie um he's gonna be in mary poppins 2 as the sort of dick van dyke kind of role he's a he's an actor he wrote this hip-hop musical based on the life of alexander hamilton the guy on the ten dollar bill and it became a bona fide cultural phenomenon and he became a massive star because of it and the documentary is just kind of documenting him writing the show up through performing parts of it at the white house for the president and first lady um and kind of a little bit after that and just sort of the impact the show has had in a year maybe a year and a half of existing um yeah, it's uh It's really good if you're a fan. Like you have to be a fan of it or at least be familiar with it in order to watch it, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um I'd be interested to see if someone just kind of caught it on PBS and hadn't heard of it. And they were like, what is this? And then looked it up and tried to see what it was. Um I love the show. I love the movie. it's it's uh, I feel like I'm understating how much I love it. Uh it's <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Like out of all the things that exist, it's my it's my favorite of them. It's the it's the best thing. Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the best piece of art I've ever consumed. Like, hands down. Across, across the board. Music, movies, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's my favorite. Um, I have most of the words memorized. It was all I listened to for about eight or nine months. Like, I remember podcasts, podcasts and the Hamilton soundtrack. Like, that was the only music I listened to for the better part of a year. <laughs> and, I mean, I still will listen to chunks of it throughout my week. Uh... And so seeing all the interviews with these people and how it's affected them, they have, you know, they get uh, a lot of political figures, like they get, um, they got George W. Bush to be on it, as well as Elizabeth Warren, and Mm -hmm. Obama's in it because Lynn went to the White House and performed with Obama, so they show Obama and Lynn talking, and a little bit the White House kind of gave him the start for the show, gave him the platform that gave him the grant to it, because um every year the president hosts uh this sort of poetry night um at the White House. Uh and not just a current president, it's just a it's a thing. Mm. It's a thing that happens every year. And um they bring in a bunch of poets to come and do live poetry readings. And they reached out to Lynn because he does hip hop, which is kind of like poetry, and they told him, hey Uh, we want you to come and do a song from your show in the Heights, which is his first Broadway play. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll come do that. Um, I'm not going to do a song from in the Heights though. And they were like, what? He was like, I'm going to do a hip hop song about the guy on the $10 bill. And they were like, uh, yeah, like you can do that. Good luck with that. <laughs> and you can you can find the clip of him doing it at the White House before the, it's it just, he says he's working on a concept album. He doesn't even say it's going to be a play. And the audience doesn't quite know how to react. He does what's the first song of the play. Uh, Alexander Hamilton is the name of the song. And people start laughing at him. And they're not sure if it's a joke or not. And then it gets really good. And so people are really caught off guard. Like his, the rhymes are really tight mm-hmm. and make sense and they're clever. And you kind of see the audience go like, what? What I is this? Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and so by the end, they're still laughing. But the laughing is kind of like, I have no other reaction. Like my body can't process it. And no. so you it's really cool to kind of see the first time... Hamilton in any form was unleashed on the public at large and just like people having to reckon with it. Yeah. Um, and so to see that all the way up through what it became, it's first run at the public theater, um, quest love from the roots, becoming obsessed with it and then eventually producing the studio cast album. Um, and then kind of bookended with Lynn performed the song at the white house in 2009 and in 2016, he brought the whole cast to the White House to do a bunch of songs from it um, for a group of high school kids. Mm. Um, they did like a and a with the kids and then performed like an hour of the show. Um, and so kind of to see it bookended at, at the White House is a really good structure for it. Mm. They also interviewed the rest of the cast, um, the guy who plays Thomas Jefferson, and, and sort of how he portrays the character of Thomas Jefferson, because Jefferson is one of the great founding fathers of our nation but also kind of a crappy person Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so just kind of the dichotomy of that or even washington who you know was our first president but one of the things you have to reckon with a lot with those founding father types is they still owned people like slavery was still a thing Mm -hmm. um and sort of like the nexus of of trying to figure all that out and um you know they get the guy who plays Burr to come in, and they go to they go to the Museum of Finance, which has a bunch of Hamilton memorabilia, like real guy memorabilia, and they actually have a bound book of the correspondence between Hamilton and Aaron Burr that led to their duel. Mm. And they have um, they have the guys take turns reading the letters to each other. And it's really cool nice. to see them do that. And then they hand them a set of dueling pistols and show them, like, from the from the era, they hand them a set of dueling pistols from the 1800s and have them pretend to load them. Like, so they're like, okay, so now you want to take the stamper out, push the wad down, pour the gunpowder in. And they're just like, there's so much time to apologize to each other while you're getting ready for this, man. Yeah. And you know it shows them go they have statues they have bronze statues of Hamilton and Burr aiming their dueling pistols at each other and so Lynn and Leslie Odom Jr go in front of their respective statues and point their pistols at each other and you like you see the shot of them reflected like the guys who were playing them in the show reflected in the bronze statues and i was like that's Man. awesome like that's really cool that cool and uh yeah i mean it's just great and you there there's a ton of clips of the show a lot of which haven't really been seen publicly before. There is a bootleg of the show out there, Mm. but these are, you know, super high def, well shot versions of some of the musical numbers. None of them are played in full, unfortunately, but there are clips of them and it kind of goes through the whole story of the play Mm. as well. And so you kind of get a really good sense of it. It's great. Um, I mean, I really liked it. Yeah. I didn't watch anything else. Oh, we've been watching the chase. It's a stupid game show that's on Netflix now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard about that one. Uh, the British guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch anything else this week. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a short break and throw it to myself and Corey Tindall talking about sound design and the first episode of Stranger Things. Okay? Record scratch noise. Well, apparently this installment of the before and after show film school didn't record and i am learning that information seven hours before the episode gets released so we didn't have time to re-record it uh it'll be in the next episode sorry about that And we're back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, an older film. I think we're going to be talking about The Jazz Singer, starring Al Jolson, um, which is the first talkie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, you can catch us every before episode. Um, we do something different on the after shows. So yeah, every other week you have two weeks to to watch the movies, and we hope you do, and we hope you're enjoying that. But Ryan and I are back to talk about Marvel's Doctor Strange. So this is the fifth movie in the Marvel franchise, like fifteenth or sixteenth.
1: Uh, let's see. We let's 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 count this up. We got Iron Man. Uh huh. Iron Man Two. Uh huh. Thor. Uh huh.
0: Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Uh,
1: Captain America One. Captain America One. Avengers. Uh Iron Man 3. Uh-huh. Uh Thor 2. Uh-huh. Uh Captain America 2. Captain Winter Soldier. Uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man Avengers Age of, 2. Yeah. Age of Ultron, yeah. Avengers 2. And then you've got um Guardians. Guardians Winter Soldier. No, oh.
0: sorry, sorry. Uh Civil War. Civil War. And Doctor Strange. This is the 13th one? The 13th. Yeah. Okay. I think that's
1: about right. So, whew, 13th Marvel movie.
0: Yes. Uh, there is no doubt that these things are bona fide moneymakers. Yep. Um, they're crazy popular. As a result, I think there is a little bit of backlash towards them. Not a lot, because uh, people still see these things. Yeah. Um, but I think people think that the this franchise or the these franchises specifically kind of dilute the pool for blockbuster movie making everything's trying to be a cinematic universe now Mm. um and i think there are certain people who who are detractors of that model Mm. um but what do you what do you think about that about just this this thing that marvel has done has it helped or has it hurt
1: I mean, in my point of view, I don't see it as hurting anything. Um, I think people are trend chasers. And I think we've talked about this before. I think superheroes are, superhero movies in general are the new westerns of the day. So Mm -hmm. they're super popular. So everyone's trying to do them. Mm -hmm. I think Marvel's the only one that's doing them right? Yes. At the time, I think other people have come out. Like, there was that Max Steel one that came out. (laughs) I heard that one was terrible. DC is having a lot of trouble getting their cinematic universe off the ground. Yeah, they are. Um, I think Marvel, they're the first to do it. I think they've done it right. And I think Especially when you think of like kind of out of left field movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and now Doctor Strange or Ant-Man or Ant-Man who aren't that well known aren't like they're they're not like their signature characters. But I think they're going in different enough directions to keep going for a while. I do see this model dying out. Hmm. Uh, I don't know when could be a few years from now could be you know uh, less than that. But in terms of the model of like continuity, I'm just to so understand the like continuity building and kind of mm-hmm. hinging on that. I don't see that as a bad thing. I think that's, I mean, TV shows do that, so why not in a movie cinematic universe? But right. I, I suppose I could see the limitation it puts on people who are just like, I just want to put out a good movie and not have to worry about tying into X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. Um, and
0: so the yeah, so the argument there is that the movies are come out a little undercooked every time because they're trying to connect all these things and so certain elements of character building suffer both in the protagonist and especially in the antagonist Mm. Um, you know marvel's got a villain problem and i think everyone knows marvel's got a villain problem they have a total of two interesting villains over 13 movies Mm. and uh you know that's not batting that's not a great batting average yeah um so i think I don't think those criticisms are unwarranted. Um, I don't know if... There's nothing inherently wrong with what they've done, either. Mm -hmm. Um, What they've done is fine. I think it was bold. I think it was a huge risk. And if Iron Man 1 weren't as good as it is, it never would have worked. Yeah.
1: Well, and they had to go this route because, A... They had sold off their major players. Like, X-Men was no longer theirs. Spider-Man. Spider-Man was no longer theirs. Fantastic Four. Like, all their Mm A-listers were gone. And so they had to do Avengers because they still own the movie rights to that. And so I think they've had to kind of really write the book as they... You know, rewrite the book as they've been making these movies because... You know, X Men literally is their highest selling book of all time. Yeah. And in fact, now the comics, if I remember correctly, they're they've like killed off most of the X Men. Yeah. Maybe not as... killed them off, but like kind of done away with them mm-hmm. and made the Inhumans the new mutant quote unquote mutants.
0: Yeah. The idea behind that being, we don't want to give these studios more story ideas. We mm-hmm. want them to run out of ideas so we can get our so we can get our rights
1: back. back. Yeah, which I think would be amazing um they've gotten a bunch back i'm thankful to say they got punisher back daredevil blade blade ghost rider recently has appeared in the agents of shield Mm -hmm. so i think now they're kind of retreading but going back to the point they've kind of had to to launch this new kind of cinematic universe they've had to go back to the classics of the avengers and that's why i think they've had to pull from kind of the rich catalog they have uh, which is why you get movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange. You know, these less known characters. Black Panther. Black Panther, you know, who I believe... I think he was the second African-American superhero. I believe the Falcon was the first. No. No? No. Nope. I kind of sworn that was the order. No, it was no. Black Panther first. And then Falcon and came then Falcon after. And okay. Yep. I did a
0: bunch of Black Panther research after the movie because, it, oh, man, he was so dope. Yeah, he was really good. Uh... Yeah, he was the first. Well, he was the first one in mainstream comics. Okay. Um there are a couple more that are like the like, first, but like, they like from the major companies. Yeah. He was the first. One. Like
1: Luke Cage was another one, but he was more of a black exploitation yeah. like, kind of writing that, that, Yeah. Train. Um But yeah.
0: Yeah, um Yeah, I I like these Marvel movies. I love some of them. Um like I said the villain problem I think is something everyone acknowledges. Mhm. You know, it's kind of, they do kind of follow a similar formula, but I think they're branching out the f- deeper into these phases they're getting. But I agree with you. I don't know how sustainable all of this is. Like, I feel like we're just going to get burnt out on these eventually. Ki- like, honestly, even at this point, I kind of want a break after Avengers 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Like, I, d- I don't want it to keep going in perpetuity into phase 4 and 5 and 6. and so. Like, give us a little bit of a break you know figure out who take a couple years off you've given us at that point over 12 years worth of entertainment Mm -hmm. um i think that's plenty uh and these things have made you a bunch of money at that point people's contracts are going to be running out like we're i think we'll be ready for a rest Um, all that to be said you are going to have these new people you know they're going to want to keep making spider-man movies as long as possible as long as as long as they can um you know they got one of their major players back in that yeah Uh, that was that's like huge yeah um there better be more than one black panther movie as far as i'm concerned um i think they will and i think i mean I think sadly there's
1: not going to be a break because Disney's the one that's yeah, on Yeah, that's true. And they're going to just, that's a money-making machine. Yeah. So, you know, between Marvel and Star, Star Wars. Wars, they're going to be cranking those out. And there you might have quality issues. Yeah. Although Disney's pretty harsh when it comes to their quality. They want, they want to put out quality products. So I don't know if they necessarily suffer from that quantity over quality issue.
0: But they might, I don't, uh, they do and they don't. It's weird. because like technically Force Awakens is good (laughs) you know Um, but it's not that interesting of a movie and it's kind of a rehash it's very safe Um, you know they've had their I mean and that was the thing is that was a misfire from the start Iron Man is a really good movie
1: yeah
0: and it is great and it still holds up and so that was not a misfire from the get go Iron Man 2 less great <laughs> um you know i think some people would argue incredible hulk a little less great i like that movie quite a bit actually. i like that movie a lot um, it's way
1: better than the first hulk movie yes. they've ever had yes the uh Hang lee version
0: so i think jury might be still out i think part of it is we're just in it and so it's hard to have hindsight on something that's current yeah um all that to be said i as great and original as i think this cinematic universe thing is one of the things that helped it is it was the first of its kind and as a result they were able to set the pace yeah and everyone else has to play catch-up Yeah, and dc is showing that on their sleeve man everything they do seems like a reaction to marvel yeah and some of that's good i do like that they don't feel Quite like the Marvel movies mm-hmm. But I do wish they felt a little bit better
1: I Felt more like a comic book movie And less of a
0: moral quandary Yeah 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 <laughs> uh, You know I, I I I do feel like You know with the Universal Monsters Shared universe that's coming out It's like why? Why do we need that? I don't, mm. Like I don't need to see Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Fighting the mummy With Dracula Like I don't, I don't need that um true i think
1: that sounds kind of interesting but maybe i'm i'm just buying into the hype train of all that
0: yeah i mean i but there's that's the thing is like as long as you do it well i also don't care yeah so that's the other thing is i just want good movies to come out so uh, if you're making good movies that are about dracula fighting frankenstein with tom cruise and a mummy like okay go for it as long as it's good yeah make make it and let me know if it's good you know um the marvel mode is these origin story movies it's actually been a minute since we've had a true origin movie from them i think uh well i I guess ant-man
1: ant-man was the last yeah everything else has been sequels or yeah um, yeah ant-man and then now dr strange i think will be the first origins we've had in a while and they and they definitely will need it for Doctor Strange, because he is not well-known.
0: Yes, he is a little bit of an obscure character. And so getting into that, you actually have the Marvel Encyclopedia...
1: <laughs> I did, I came prepared.
0: Yeah, so Ryan knows more about comic books than anyone else I've ever met, and even you're not that well-versed in Doctor Strange. I'm
1: not. I, I know of him. I've read a lot um, with him in it. Mm-hmm. But, um... Here, here's some key figures so uh dr strange made his first uh comic book appearance in july 1963 wow in a comic book called strange tales number 110 oh mm-hmm. uh, the research i did into him uh was that 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 issue there was no origin he just kind of was dr strange And then as the issues went along, he kind of got his origin, and he had his own comic book for a little while, but it didn't really have a whole lot of traction. Like, it didn't do very well. And then he was always part of the Marvel universe, the comic book universe, but he was always kind of a guy on the side. Like, he's the guy you go to for your mystical problems. (laughs) Demon things, you know, dimensional crossing, bad guys, whatever, you go to Doctor Strange. He's the guy. He was their go-to guy uh, for that kind of stuff. In the last 10 years or so, he has just more been just a character on the side. Mm -hmm. He hasn't, or he didn't have his own single title for a while. He was famously part of the Defenders. Mm. Like, he was part of that league, which now the Netflix series, Mm -hmm. they're going to be the Defenders. I don't think that'd be cool if Doctor Strange crossed over, but I doubt that. Right. Uh, Now he's part of the main movie universe. Right. He
0: was also part of the Illuminati, too, right?
1: Yes, the Illuminati, which consisted of Doctor Strange uh black panther black panther charles xavier stark stark reed Richards, reed richards i think that was it uh namor namor yeah prince namor uh yeah they were the guys kind of the behind some of the biggest things that happened in the marvel universe there's a whole like civil war no that yeah led up to yeah that that dealt with it and um it got they got recreated but with captain america in it Mm -hmm. later on um, but yeah, he's always kind of in the background. I think in the last couple of years, he's had, he has his own title now. And I think that's because the movie coming out.
0: Right. So I actually kind of want to get into that a little bit. Um, with the movie coming out or with, as they're bringing out these more obscure movies like an Ant-Man or a Guardians or a Doctor Strange are they, I don't know too much about comics, are they releasing titles in advance of those to build hype, or do they see how the movies go and then release titles based on them?
1: I think it's, I think it's the, the former. Uh, okay. Because when Guardians of the Galaxy, before that movie came out, they had brought the, the comic books back, uh, written by my favorite comic book writer, author, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Okay, uh, with the team pretty much as you see him in the movie. Mm. because they were kind of an obscure group and they had brought the series back i think in like the 90s maybe early 2000s uh written by dan abbott i think um and he did like 30 or so issues of it and it was his run that inspired the like who was going to be in the movie but then i think anticipation of the movie they brought the guardians back Okay. And so it wasn't like they saw the movie, and then they brought it back. They they kind of wanted to market it at the same time, like, "Hey, you've seen the movie; the book is here." Right. Um, and I think that's the same for like Doctor Strange. Seeing that coming down the pipeline, he now has his own solo series out now. Um, Thor, I think that got rebooted when before Thor, the first Thor came out, mm-hmm. because they actually killed Thor off. And oh. Ragnarok, and like they ended it because the book was not selling well. Mm. But then I believe uh, with uh, was it Michael not Michael Stock? Uh, I can't remember the guy. Uh, they brought him back, I think, in anticipation of the new Thor coming out. Okay. Um, not having it really tie into the movies, but actually the look of Thor is based off the rebooted Thor. Okay. Like, his costume is like frame for frame the mm-hmm. same the same thing. Um, let me see what else like Iron Man's been rebooted a few times but he's kind of always been in circulation so I yeah. wouldn't really need to bring him back so like Ant-Man he got his own series back again before Ant-Man came out uh, the movie um, I think just to again coincide like hey you liked Ant-Man we've got his comic book now so yeah. I think they've always I think anticipatory is how it's always been okay. with, like these new comic books as they're coming out just to kind of tie them into each other
0: got it so with all all of that and and you know the marvel money-making machine that they have in place these characters that they are choosing are still pretty risky you know um no one had heard of guardians of the galaxy no one had really heard of ant-man and ant-man got announced when they announced iron man yeah um And so Doctor Strange, I think, has more of a presence than maybe Ant Man or um, Guardians did at the time. So it's a little less risky. People knew who he was. There was an animated film in two thousand seven that is pretty well regarded. I haven't seen it, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, So I think Doctor Strange is that weird. It's this weird on the line thing where it doesn't necessarily not make sense to make a movie out of him, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to. Yeah. And. You know, one of the things about superheroes is they're hard sells uh, as far as buying into the world. Um, I I don't think Marvel has had a problem with getting you to buy into stuff. Uh, I think one of the smartest things they did was get Kenneth Branagh to direct the first Thor movie. Yeah. Um, And I think one of the smartest things he did, because he knows how that kind of stuff works, is he gave you maybe two and a half minutes on Earth at the beginning of the movie maybe five if i'm being generous Mm -hmm. and then immediately took you to asgard yeah and forced your hand into buying into that like he was like you're rolling with this or you're leaving like those are the two options and those have to be the two options when you're selling stuff like uh thor yeah well he also made it very relatable Mm -hmm. it took that movie is really about fathers and son Mm -hmm.
1: you know um which, and being out of place. And being out of place. And I think in the fantastical world, any kind of fantastical movie, if you want it to play well, if you want it to make sense, no matter how crazy the story, mm-hmm. you center it on things you understand, which typically is relationships. Mm-hmm. A father and his two sons. It's really what the movie's about and also, the, you know, other stuff too. But if you get nothing else, that you can gravitate towards and be like, okay, this is what's going on and this is what I think Kenneth Branagh was really good at. Kind of making very Shakespearean, I would say, Mm -hmm. is that that kind of first movie. Um, And I think the best Marvel movies, even given all the fantastical elements, the best part of it is the human interaction and the relationships that go with, like Winter Soldier. Yeah. That movie plays. It's the best Marvel movie. Because the first opening movie, they established the relationship between Steve Rogers and Falcon. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. I can't remember the is not alias name and i feel like a horrible comic book guy because i can't oh gosh
0: i can't remember it either
1: it's not uh... anyway (laughs) it's why you're looking that up you know they they established that relationship there and that was a through line for the whole movie um and i think that's that's what make more that's what makes marvel really good
0: yeah and so because we're heading into sam wilson sam wilson yes because we're heading into this even more, arguably more fantastical mm-hmm. version of the Marvel Universe, you know, we have kind of several Marvel Universes going on right now. We have kind of the normal stuff. The uh, Earth stuff. Yeah, the Earth stuff and the space stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into the mystical stuff. Yeah. Um, Thor kind of rides the line a little bit. Yeah, between I, my I mysticism argue... and science. Mm-hmm. Um but Doctor Strange is straight up magic and demons and stuff. Yeah. So, based on the trailers, it looks like the way they're grounding this one is they're grounding this as a tale of regret and uh, repentance for selfishness. Which mm. is kind of on track with how I understand Doctor Strange's origin is.
1: Yeah, like the origin that gets setting up in the movie. Uh, again, I had been doing research a little bit beforehand. Plays to the origin of, of in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, his the first appearance in uh, Strange Tales 110, He just was Doctor Strange, but they later on fleshed out his background, which is he was a surgeon, a very selfish person, kind of a Stony Stark, but Stony Stark, Tony Stark. There you go. But worse, if that makes sense. Like just like House like house yeah very much like a just arrogant just kind of a a schmuck to everybody and then he has an accident his hands are broken and he can no longer function what he the the gift that gave him so much puffing up if that makes sense is lost now he's humbled and he's looking for originally a way to heal his hands so he can get back his self-identity but in learning magic he finds i can do more i can help more people you know it's the redemption story of a man trying yeah. to, you know, I can go from a selfish person to an unselfish person and helping people. And, you know, he is wild, widely regarded as like one of the most powerful figures in the Marvel universe. Yes. Like major player, like c- possibly go up against Galactus. Yeah. that if not that, then like major demon players in the Marvel universe, like yeah. Mephisto is a, a regular guy and... I can't remember there's another demon that he yeah. always goes, you know the Search with a K, I think. yeah um but uh definitely a fascinating character in fact he lost his title of sorcerer supreme uh to taco bell to taco bell yeah <laughs> he lost it to them um they bought lost... they
0: bought the rights to sorcerer supreme <laughs>
1: <laughs> come get our sorcerer supreme <laughs>
0: your poops will be magical
1: uh anyways um... Mountain do
0: sorcerer supreme <laughs> uh
1: anyways i can get into all sorts of rabbit holes with that but... yeah
0: um so because dr strange has that as his human core but also straight up mysticism and demons and stuff as we've established they've hired scott derrickson to make this movie mm-hmm. i think this is maybe one of the smartest director choices they've ever made i don't uh, think i've ever seen a scott derrickson movie but scott derrickson is a horror film director Mm -hmm. and when you want to throw demons on screen you hire the guys who have made a living doing so yeah (laughs) um and you also can help that be the grounding point too because horror movies the best horror movies and the ones that work have to have some sort of human element to get you to give a crap Hmm. there's a big trend in horror right now where the monsters at the core of them are manifestations of depression regret uh postpartum depression um that kind of stuff like, the big one that comes to mind is the Duck. like mm-hmm. that is almost like it's barely i think it's barely a horror movie mm-hmm. and more of an more of just like a family drama about a mom dealing with postpartum depression mm-hmm. um lights out one that came out this year that one has more horror elements in it but it's more of a woman dealing with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. um you know, those are the, the, there's this very allegorical nature that's starting to come up in horror movies. Scott Derrickson is part of that. He directed the movie Sinister. I'm not, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not quite sure what the allegorical stuff is, but people like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty well regarded as one of the better horror movies the last few years, kind of in this horror renaissance we're having. It's a real good time for horror movies. Yeah. Um, and so Marvel snapped him up and they said, hey, make our most supernatural character. And the good thing about that is Scott Derrickson has a proven track record of selling people on extremely supernatural material. Yeah. And for people to buy into that in a mainstream gonna make a $100 million at least opening weekend, gonna make a billion dollars at least worldwide movie, you have to get someone who's a master craftsman at selling that supernatural stuff or else people are gonna be like, what the F is this? Yeah. So I think... I think Marvel above anything, they just are good business people. Yeah. Um, and so I think they make the right choices in their, uh, casting in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I'm sure you guys are tired of me talking about this. Ryan Coogler is directing Black Panther. Uh, He's a black director, but he also directed one of the best movies about blackness in the last decade, Creed. Two of the best movies about blackness in the last decade. Fruitvale Station as well. Mm. Um, You know, they really want Black Panther to be a voice for um, black people. And the cast is all black. And he went out of his way to cast... Every black actor who's not Samuel L. Jackson and the guy from Star Wars. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, and he's still rolling out casting announcements. Forrest Whitaker's in it now. Yeah, they just announced that a couple weeks ago. And it's like, what the heck, man? (laughs) Gosh. Um, You know, but he has a good eye for action, as he proved in Creed. He has a smart visual flair. And he's able to make authentic stories about what it's like to be a black person. And so that's something that Marvel valued. Like they could have gotten anyone to direct the movie, but they went out of the way to be like, this is the guy who's one of these major black voices in filmmaking right now. Let's bring him on board. Doctor Strange is not necessarily a horror movie or a horror guy, Mm -hmm. but they went out of the way to say, let's see who is selling people the best on these supernatural demon magic-y elements. And, uh, you know, I think The three names out there are probably James Wan, Michael Flanagan, and Scott Derrickson. And James Wan had already signed on to do Furious 7, and was doing The Conjuring 2, and was doing Aquaman. Michael Flanagan seems content making low-budget horror movies for the time being. Scott Derrickson came on board, and he's now directing The Sorcerer Supreme. It's this big, huge blockbuster movie, and it's kind of a risk. He's an indie filmmaker yeah um brian Coogler, for all intents and purposes even though he handled the rocky franchises <laughs> that creed movie feels like an indie movie yeah um you know they hire these indie guys to make these movies and and it pays off john favreau was an indie movie director yeah. um it's paid off for them they have a track record of hiring these
1: well, guys i think it, i think it pays
0: off again going
1: back to my main point about even you can have the biggest blockbuster movie in the world but if you don't have characters you care about mm-hmm. relationships you can get into then who really gives a rip And I think these indie guys do well because the characters come first. Yeah. All the bells and whistles come secondary. And then I think when you have that, you've got a good movie. You got a good story to tell because I'm gonna care about Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. and his personal journey, along with all the fantastical stuff that comes with it. Yeah and so I think that's also a a plus in Marvel's Corner that they get these guys who they make that their central focus. Yeah.
0: And speaking of the central focus We've got Benedict Cumberbatch at the heart of this thing. Yeah. Uh, Or as Nickelback would say, Benedict Cumberbatch! Cumberbatch. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, man, that's still hilarious. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Benedict Cumberbatch is probably most famous for playing a very selfish, smart person. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And, you know, he, that was kind of his rise to fame. He's, uh, is he one of those guys that was part of the Royal Shakespeare Company? Probably, yeah. Seems like it. Um, you know, he's be, seen a huge rise in popularity because of Sherlock. Um, mm-hmm. he was Smaug. Um. The Hobbit. And the Hobbit. He he's, was Khan in he... Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He was Alan Turing in the Imitation Game.
1: hmm And then, the, uh, he played that Aussie guy for WikiLeaks.
0: Oh, yeah, Julian Assange. Yeah. Yeah, Peyton. that's right. The Fifth Estate. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, kind of, he's, you know, gained a lot of popularity. Um, he seems to be popular. Uh, I actually don't necessarily care for him that much. Oh,
1: that makes me sad.
0: He's fine. He can be a little boring to watch. Mm. He's not the most charismatic performer.
1: He's not a... He's not a... To me, his acting strength is in his eyes and in, and in his his speaking because mm-hmm. he's not animated per se yeah like he's very like even my favorite scene for me is i loved his scene in into darkness where he's in the cell and kirk is kind of interrogating him yeah, he's yeah, kind yeah. of giving the whole spiel it's the
0: best scene of the whole movie yeah he doesn't move
1: like at all yeah but his facial expressions and just the again my favorite thing the sincerity yeah that comes out like to me he's one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot um But I have noticed, from the people I've talked to, some people are getting kind of tired. Yeah, I (laughs) think... Like, that's the
0: thing, and I'm like... He's been a little overexposed, I think. Yeah. What I will say... This fool looks like Doctor Strange. Like, it looks oh, yeah. like they reached into the pages of the comic book <laughs> and, pulled, and him pulled him out and it was just this guy. Yeah. They, I think he looks so much like this character. Like, it's, yeah. it's insane.
1: I'm glad they got him and not, uh, I know they are originally in talks to get, was it Joaquin Phoenix?
0: He was on the short list. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was weird.
1: I that would. I think that would have been a poor choice. Yeah.
0: It was Joaquin Phoenix, Jared Leto, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, I think Leto would have been interesting. Yeah. Um i would see it yeah uh, i could see it cumberbatch for me when i heard it, i was like i'm a little tired of this guy mm-hmm. uh however seeing the trailer seeing him in costume he man he looks like that guy you yeah. know um and it seems like they have directed to his strengths mm-hmm. and uh I don't know how... The thing with the Marvel heroes is they're all pretty charming. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch isn't that charming. Uh, his charm is very secondary. Yeah. Um, he's, he often plays characters whose charm comes second.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, or is non-existent whatsoever, like Sherlock. Uh not a particularly charming individual. Yeah. Um, Khan, pretty calculated. Yeah. Uh, Smaug, a little more charismatic, but still pretty slimy yeah um however it seems like dr strange not that charming of an individual right now yeah uh especially at this juncture in his story like he doesn't he doesn't seem to have much of a presence as a comic book character and i know this sounds like a backhanded compliment uh you know cumberbatch doesn't have a ton of like natural presence either or natural Mm. charisma and uh, I think that could be interesting because it seems like you almost start off not really rooting for this guy. Hmm. Um, like he seems like kind of a d bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wh- I mean, what do you think about Coverbatch in this performance? I think I think
1: it's I think it's a perfect role because he can I think he convey both sides of Stephen Strange, mm-hmm. which is one the the, the d bag side, the yeah. kind of the selfish, very stoic, very. You know, I think he can do that well, but I think he can do the transformation from that to Doctor Strange, if you Mm -hmm. will, Doctor Doctor, Mr. Hyde, if you want. Um, I think he can make that transition to Doctor Strange very well, because I think I think he'll play the Doctor Mm -hmm. side very stoic, like you typically see him. But it feels like Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, it feels like he'll be a bit more kinetic. Like, there's yeah. going to be more movement with what's going on there. And I think because he's a spell chucker, that'll kind of help differentiate between the two. So, I think he'll play both roles very well. And I'm super stoked to see him.
0: Yeah. To yeah. see him do it. Um, um, him
1: doing an American accent, not so much. Yeah! Kind of, yeah. But you know, the character is American, so it would yeah. be, you'd get fanboys up in an uproar like, Why is
0: he British? Yeah. So... I was I thought that was an interesting choice, actually, because yeah. I was like, yeah, I a little bit feel like it would be better if he were just British. Yeah. <laughs> um The Supporting Cast, Chuatella Ejiofor, mm-hmm. uh, Tilda Swinson, Mads Mickelson. I'm crazy excited about Mads Mickelson, though my understanding is he's probably got some of the same problems every other Marvel Marvel villain has, which bothers me because Mads Mickelson is great.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh he's such a good actor, and he's great. He's one of my favorite Bond villains of all time as Leafe yeah. in Casino Royale, and mm-hmm. oh gosh, it's it bums me out to feel like he's gonna be wasted because he's great.
1: Yeah, just a one-off, like kill him. But I think they're setting up uh, Strange's big villain, the guy that's in green. I think it's Mordo. 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 I think he becomes uh, a um, antagonist.
0: Okay.
1: To Strange later on, I. Th- think Common book nerds if i'm wrong please correct me but if i i believe he does yeah um i have to look that up again i haven't i don't know much about strange
0: yeah um rachel mcadams uh mm-hmm. i think she'll have a very tiny role yeah uh rachel <laughs> mcadams makes me laugh because she can't stop being in relationships with mystical dudes what else? The time traveler's wife. Yeah. Uh about time? No. Yeah. This uh maybe <laughs> that's like a secret like desire for her. And it's just wish fulfillment. Maybe. What's There's another one too. She she is like she is a uh, a go-to for those kind of roles. Yeah, for like we need someone to be in a relationship with someone who travels through time. Midnight in Paris.
1: Hmm. Mean Girls? (laughs) Yep, Mean
0: Girls.
1: (laughs) Uh, I thought that was funny.
0: (laughs) About Time, Midnight in Paris, Time Traveler's Wife. I guess that's it.
1: But it's a reoccurring role type you see in her?
0: Yeah, just like dating guys who can travel through time. (laughs) True uh which is weird that's just that's a very 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 specific if she plays iris west
1: in the new uh justice league movie then that'll be that'll seal her fate if she plays what iris west the wife of barry allen the flash oh man travel
0: back and forth in time that would be great (laughs) that would be the freaking best yeah uh yeah so i'm i'm excited about doctor strange i guess um I think the action and the visuals are going to be crazy, yeah. Um, which is good. I like that. I'm a little worried about this origin story business yeah. again, just because we've seen it a bunch. Um, True. And this one doesn't seem like it's got the hook that a lot of the, their most recent ones have had as far as being a different genre, because like, mm. the Ant-Man origin movie was a comedy. It was like a comedy heist movie. Yeah. Uh you know Guardians isn't quite an origin movie. They're kind of established. It's the, the origin of the team, but these people were already established before we spent time with them. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've had a straight up origin movie and I'm wondering if it's going to feel a little bit stale. I um, don't
1: think it will because I think you need it for this because not only is it an origin for Doctor Strange, we as the audience need to be introduced to this whole new side of the Marvel universe. So I yeah. think it's going to be an origin story for both strange and for mysticism in the universe and kind of explaining that. So I think if you didn't have an origin story, I think it'd be much more jarring. Yeah. Um, Is there
0: anything you're a little apprehensive about with the movie?
1: Not really. I'm, I'm pretty on board for like, uh, with, with the, I feel like the last few podcasts I've had nothing but negative things to say. Uh And I just want everyone to know that's not how I typically am. I'm a rather upbeat, I can see the good in most movies. Like, heck, I love the Suicide Squad, so yeah. give me that. Um, but I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be, if nothing else, it'll be a fun popcorn flick. Yeah. But I really think, based on what I've seen and based on kind of, I really trust better to come to fight for this. I think it'll be a good character piece. Yeah. You know, and I think that'll be fascinating, along with all the, I, you know, I feel like i said Fantastical like a million times this podcast, but it, well, along with all the Fantastical stuff. I think it'll be really fun.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a little bit of a Civil War fallout in the movie as far, not as far as the plot goes, but as far as people's perception of it? Because Civil War is this big, sprawling culmination of what, uh, eight years of work now. Yeah. And, you know, Doctor Strange is a little more intimate. It's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit more focused in. Um,
1: I think that's what they needed, though. Yeah, I think if you follow if you follow up Civil War with something else that's big and bombastic and like epic, I think it's just overwhelming. So I think I think the pattern of movie releases is also very specific. Yeah, and I think Doctor Strange is that kind of you know if if Civil War was the exhale, the huge like whoosh, gust of wind coming yeah. out, then I think Doctor Strange is the very quiet inhale. Did yeah. I say yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the the very kind of like oh okay kind of slower still kind of an epic story but again more focused you know i only have one character to yes. keep track of and not like 10 billion different things going on yeah and i think that'll i think that's i think that's a, a smart plan on marvel and slash disney side of things and i think it'll i think it'll do well
0: yeah i think so um i'm excited for it uh i'm interested to see my reaction to it because yeah. i feel like I feel like there is potential for me to be a little disappointed in this one mm-hmm. and i can't really articulate why hmm I think it looks cool. I think Cumberbatch looks good in it. I so think, think the magic looks sweet.
1: I think it might be the burnout we were talking about, like superhero burnout. I was like, oh, another good guy, bad guy thing.
0: Maybe. I don't think I have that. Um, I mean, I loved Civil War, and I'm so excited for Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok. And maybe just this mystical stuff doesn't pique my interest enough yet yeah. um, because I don't know much about it. And so they haven't sold me on it. Uh, because I haven't seen it. yeah, And so maybe I'll come out the other end being like, oh, man, make all of them magic now. yeah. You know, um, I don't really dislike a lot of Marvel movies, except for maybe Iron Man 2 and Avengers 2. Mm.
1: Um,
0: borderline on Guardians, but that's that's a podcast we did earlier this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Marvel has a good track record, so I'm not like worried about it, but I'm just like, eh. Maybe I'm tromping at the bit for Spider-Man and yeah. Black Panther, and yeah. that's that's what I want. Like I, I just I, I gotta just get see through Black Strange Panther. to get to yeah, like yeah, the yeah, real yeah, yeah, really want. yeah, yeah. I just I really want to see Black Panther. <laughs> like I'm so excited about that yeah. movie.
1: Well, I think that's that's I mean, with the same thing with Guardians as with Doctor Strange, I think they probably they're they probably feel the need. I've got to win you over on this kind of side, not very popular character. Mm-hmm. So kind of the underdog, I think, yeah. is what I see like Guardians, and then. Doctor Strange, and I think they shine with that.
0: Yeah, you know that's true.
1: I mean, Iron Man before the movies wasn't that popular. That's true. He was a he was a mainstay at the mark with the books, and he was always you know fans loved him, but like nowhere near the
0: popularity he
1: has now because of the movies.
0: Yeah, I mean Captain America, same. Yeah, and even that first movie isn't that great. It's not that great, but compared it, to the rest, compared to the two sequels, holy cow!
1: Yeah. But it it did what it needed to do, which is, here's his origin, here, here's who he is, mm-hmm. here's the setup, and again, pop culture. He's way. I mean, he's always been popular, but in the sense of like Darth Vader is a pop culture thing you can share with almost anybody, and uh-huh. know what you're talking about now Iron Man, Captain America, even the Scarlet Witch. These are all kind of now household names, as the phrase would go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a smart idea for Marvel. Is there, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew who Rocket the Raccoon was yeah. before that movie. Heck, I had to look him up.
0: Yeah, I think the only people who did know were people who played Marvel versus Capcom. Because yes. he was in that.
1: Yeah, he was in that. And uh, But uh, but I'm excited. I think it'll be a great movie.
0: Yeah, Um. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm wanting to like it, but I'm a little... I don't know why. Like, sitting down bit and like getting... A bit of, yeah, a little bit of reservation. And the thing is, like i don't even think i'll come out thinking it's bad yeah i don't i don't think there's a universe in which this movie is bad yeah um i just want to like it more than i might think i do Mm. so we'll see yeah i'm i want to see it i think the spectacle will be very good Mm -hmm. um and i appreciate that i'm also very interested to see what one of these horror guys does with a big uh studio movie like this um I thought James Wan did some interesting stuff with Furious Seven, mm-hmm. so we'll see how Scott Derrickson's transition into that is. Uh, I think part of it, maybe too. I'm just waiting for Mike Flanagan to get into this game because yeah. he's the best of those three. I think. Well, I don't know. James Wan might be the best of those three, but hmm. um, yeah, I I think I like elements of it a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'm still out on whether or not those will be cohesive enough to push me forward yeah so yeah do you have any other thoughts on dr strange um nope just i'm excited for it and everybody go see it yep uh we'll be back next week to talk about after dr strange Mm -hmm. um in the meantime you can find me at mjsmith891 on twitter Uh, you can find the show on facebook the before and after show you can find the youtube show over on youtube if you go search the before and after show um I'm not sure what we're talking about this week on YouTube because we haven't recorded that episode yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you can find my writing at wordofthenerdonline.com. Yeah. Yeah, so some news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was just offered a position, um, as a staff writer for Word of the Nerd, which is an online, um, nerd news website. They cover a lot of stuff, comic books, video games, television, board games, uh, action figures and collectibles, movies, books, uh, you name it. I think one of the only outlets we don't have is music, um, and so yeah, you can find my writing there. I will be writing a few times a week over there and it's, I'm super excited about it. Uh, yeah, I found out, um, also something we need to talk about. The show is two years old now. (laughs) And that is bananas to me. I can't believe we've been doing this for two years. It Uh it feels like forever ago and it feels like yesterday all at the same time. Uh, so thank you all for going on this journey with us for two years. Uh, we are showing no signs of stopping or slowing down. We will mm-hmm. be in your ear holes every week. Uh... <laughs> there's gotta be a better way of putting it, but I'll <laughs> <laughs> um talking about this stuff and uh ryan has actually introduced uh, a new element we're going to be starting very soon and Uh we'll have more on that a little bit later as that gets closer rolling out so yeah um i hope you keep up with everything we're doing um you can find this podcast on stitcher soundcloud itunes beyond pod if you're an android user you can email the show before and after show at gmail.com um we love you we appreciate you we thank Uh you for listening um it's without you guys we don't do this show and uh yeah we ask that uh as a result like maybe tell a friend uh say hey you like you like movies and good things yeah. you should uh, check this out and share with your
1: grandma your grandpa. Yeah.
0: we talk about old movies sometimes we
1: do and then we're adorable so you yeah. know grandmas love us yeah it's we pretty well to the grandma audience
0: <laughs> the before and after show a podcast for grandmas <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So until next time, introduce us to your grandma. (laughs) McConnison. Do,